The following is a CSPN Media podcast presentation. Good evening, Rick. Would you believe it's, it's Dr. Doom? What's on your evil mind? Oh, you insulting tongue in my, my words. Well, how about this rumor that you are really hired, Mr. Stark? Welcome to another exciting episode of the Secret Nation's Comic Book Chronicles. Just professional. <laughs> I'm your host for the first portion of the podcast. My name's Tim Theo Double G. And tonight I'm joined by the man behind the sound effects. That's at agent underscore 70 on Twitter. What's up, everybody? The ladies are in the house, too. That is a ridiculous amount of applause. (laughs) (laughs) And that voice and face you see in here is at PCN underscore dirt on Twitter. Hi, ladies. (laughs) (laughs) And we also have at RoddyCat on Twitter. Straight from HeroesCon. Yeah, I know. Thanks. Yeah. No, ladies. Oh, apparently not. No, yeah, they are. <laughs> I tell you, get the respect. <laughs> <laughs> They're there. So make sure to go to our website, theclicknation.com, where you can find previous episodes of the Comic Book Chronicles and comic book reviews and news. On the homepage, you'll see links to our social media accounts. You can find us on Twitter, Facebook, YouTube, Google Plus. And make sure to subscribe to the podcast on iTunes, Stitcher Radio, YouTube.com, Google Play, and uh, TuneIn Radio. Remember, we're part of the Cope's Little Podcast Network. Go to CSPN.us. Do it today. And make sure to buy some Chronicles merchandise by going to shop.cspn.us. Remember, we we record live every Thursday night, 9 p.m. Eastern Time. And if you're on social media discussing comic books, join the conversation by using the hashtags Comic Book Chronicles or CBCron. So with that, we have some nice, fun comic books to get to our review portion of the show this week. But first, we're going to kick things off with, I guess, the prologue to DC Comics' big summer blockbuster event. And that is Dark Days, The Forge, number one. Yeah. Shiny metallic Dark Days of the Forge. Yeah, very shiny, shiny, shiny. So before, before the show, we were, before the show, we were commenting, or I was commenting, how I really enjoyed this issue, but I had a hard, I had a hard time understanding what the heck was going on. Yeah, there's a but lot. I knew, of, what, I knew yeah. what was going on. There's a lot of Easter eggs I did not understand. Yeah, there's lots of references that you know because there's a lot of there's multiple plot lines going on in this. So. Um, you know, we have uh, parallel plot lines that uh, follow uh, Green Lantern and Batman and, you know, uh, who they're interacting with. So there's a lot of stuff going on. Hawkman even? Yes. Carter Hall. And we see Hawkman. Aquaman for a second or two. Yes. I wonder and if we ever get the... doesn't have a code name yet. I wonder if we ever get the, was it 7C storyline in Aquaman that was teased like four years ago? Rise of the 7Cs? Uh, well, it, it was wiped out by Rebirth. Yeah, that's neither here or there. No kidding. But, uh, I mean, as far as the Forge goes, uh, I was actually 
shocked by how much I actually liked it because um, I was expecting to hate this thing because uh, it felt like it, it came out of nowhere and it was just kind of forced. Mm-hmm. Like, oh, we're doing this crossover thing. And it's like, oh, come on, you know. Um, but uh, as it played out, you know, it, it definitely it definitely seemed like it took uh, Batman's uh, secrets to an extreme that he's got all this stuff hidden in all these places all over the world yeah. uh, with the most obscure locks and the most bizarre ways of getting to it. Um, but as the story progressed, I was, I found myself getting more and more drawn into it and, and the way it, it kept weaving things together. I, I actually found myself like getting into the story. I was shocked. And when I set it down, I was like, Oh my gosh, like I can't wait to read the next part. This actually seems pretty cool. I agree. Batman, Batman had a secret team going. I agree. And the Outsiders. Yeah, I mean, was this the first time that we've seen the Outsiders? Right. This is not the first time Batman's had some secrets that's, that has become a big storyline. No, but this is the first time it felt like it took it to a real extreme for the entire DC universe. Like it, like there's there's always some hidden stuff, and usually it's like some new piece of tech that comes out of nowhere, or or it was like when he had the weaknesses of the Justice League all uh, right. You know, what was it Tower of Babel? Right, so he had like all their, mm-hmm. he had a little piece of kryptonite and a little, you know, whatever for, for each individual character. But uh, so, so it it felt it felt like the setup was a little too forced. But then once it started going and started rolling through, it's like, almost like National Treasure, you know, when you're watching it, huh. and you're like, this is the dumbest thing ever. But then about halfway through, you're just like, oh, I'm really into this now, even though this is kind of stupid. Um, I kind of felt the same way with this. It was it was a lot more entertaining than I ever expected. Okay. So we had some guest appearances from the likes of Aquaman, Duke Thomas, Hal Jordan, Green Lantern. Uh, we had sort of the origin and explanation of how Hawkman, his origin works with the reincarnation. All right, we had Mr. Terrific. Yeah, Mr. Wait, Terrific. So we had Hawkman. a bunch of references to the different metals in the DC universe. Yeah, so there's, there's multiple Hawk people. Uh, throughout right. the DC universe. Um, so you've got like the outer space Hawkman who recently died and probably to clear him out of the way for this guy. Um, but there was, there's the Inth Metal Hawkman who we saw at the beginning of the New 52. Uh, he made a, a reappearance. Um, and then uh, I think you found out in that series that he was part of the reincarnation, but he just didn't know it at the time. And then he disappeared. And then outer space Hawkman appeared and he started appearing in, uh, I think, the Justice League books. And then they did the whole story with him dying uh, and then now that he's gone, they've gone back to the Inth Metal guy, um, who's the reincarnation uh, Hawkman. So even even in the fixed New Fifty Two, there's still some Hawkman problems that they eventually got to work out. Weird, because they keep uh, bringing one back after killing off another, <laughs> making it very confusing for new readers, aka me. There you go. Yeah, but that's why you have Wikipedia, right? They probably have it confusing on there too. <laughs> I'm trying to think who else we saw. So we saw the Outsiders. Uh, we saw references to the Immortal Man or Immortal you, Men this time. You mentioned the, a certain man of plastic. Yes, an egg. Uh, appropriate Easter egg-sized. Ah! <laughs> okay. And then we had the last page reveal of another character. Yeah, that was uh, kind of out of nowhere. Fans will be familiar with. Just in case, a lot of play here. So, I mean, I definitely recommend it. Uh, I was not uh, looking forward to it uh, before it came out, but after reading it, I definitely recommend it. Uh, especially the people who have who are the type that you know they they read the crisis stuff, they read the flashpoint stuff, they read the 
you know, whenever there's like a big event, this does have the feel like it's going to be a big event. So, um, like I said, definitely much more excited by it than I thought I would be. And that's Dark Days to Forge. Right. Uh, just very quickly on the art, um, it was uh, uh, split up amongst the uh, three main artists, Jim Lee, John Romita Jr., and uh, was it Andy Keyword? It was Andy. Right. So it was a, it was a nice, uh, you know, it was a nice mix of the three styles. Um, JR Jr. didn't go too far overboard with his uh, stylistic uh, renditions. And um, I like the, um, the no spoilers here. Um, uh, a very, very uh, Kirby-esque um, uh, technology that Jim Lee drew. Okay, mild spoilers. I'll ring the bell. <laughs> okay. Mild, mild spoilers. But yeah, there was a good art throughout. I enjoyed it. And I've always considered Andy the better of the Kubert brothers. I disagree, but you know, we'll agree to disagree. <laughs> I think it was Andy. Andy's one one that used to draw. Uh, Andy did X-Men. Origin. One thing like back to X Men back in the what, right. early two thousands. Who did Detective? That's a good question. Don't know. Sure. Uh, see, one of them was doing Detective back around when it did the six 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 issue. Hmm. Mm. I think it was Andy. I'll go with Andy. He's done a lot more DC stuff. I think. Well, he's yeah. the better man. <laughs> All righty. So next up is another big event book at the. Other publisher, Marvel Comics. That is Secret Empire number four, I believe. It is four, right? It is four, yes. Yes. Oh, mm-hmm. we got number four. Wait, how many how much yeah, how many more we have? Six. Oh, okay. There's ten issues. Mm-hmm. Ugh. Yeah. Yeah. This I mean, like I mean yay, ten issues. Yeah. No, no, no. I, I definitely agree with you guys <laughs> on the point. This issue so, felt like kind of a slog because we've kind of degenerated into and no real spoilers here. Um uh, but I'm going to ring the bell. We've degenerated into um, multiple quests to gather um, fragments. Either it's um, a G.I. Joe mini-movie um, or, um, you know, it's kind of like a, a, a Fellowship of the Rings type uh, quest, you know, to, to, to gather um, uh, these, uh, these pieces of these shards of a, of a broken cosmic cube and... Uh, you know, ultimately, you know, it, uh, the, the story weaves itself into recent Marvel continuity by bringing in a number of uh, characters with their current status quo and kind of establishing what their their role is now in the post-Hydra uh, cap uh, takeover. So they kind of, as you see on the cover, Ultron, Hank Pym, makes an appearance. And they kind of quickly try to explain away how he'd, you know, last time we saw him, he was shot, I think, into the sun in Uncanny Avengers. But now he's back on Earth, yet he somehow got back on Earth before the S.H.I.E.L.D. got uh, risen by Cap, Hydra Cap. So now Ultron has his own section of the world where he's created a bunch of Ultron drones. And apparently a piece of the Cosmic Cube shard is in on his domain. So the Resistance and Hydra both seek out that shard and then they get captured and have a family dinner with uh, Pimtron. Ah, nice. Wait, family dinner? Do you mean Nadia was there? No, but she is referenced. Oh. No, no, she's not. Uh, oh. What's her name? The other one, Janet. 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 Lisa. Yeah. Yeah. So he doesn't know about Nadia. I don't think. Right. But there's a lot of, um, you know, Hank. His uh, self. Not is it? I guess it, is it considered self consciousness or his uh, how everyone is considered better than him? You know, like Tony like Stark is his- better. 
Yeah, like his um his uh his low self esteem. Yes. You know, Stark is smarter than him. He's a founding Avenger, but doesn't get any respect because he uh hit his wife at the time. Yeah. Alright, so I've got a question for you. Of course I have not uh read this after the second issue. Um but I heard a couple people in the store say that they felt like the issue was somehow like it didn't feel like it blended well from the last one. It felt kind of disconnected. Does that make sense to anybody? Can, well, it, a little. Yes. The, the, the connection is, is right up front. It does flow from one issue to the next because the reveal at the end of the last issue leads right into the beginning of this issue. Because that, uh, well, maybe not right into, but that character who's revealed um, on the uh, the last page splash kind of leads off the main story here. But then the story goes off in some other direction? Or yeah, something? it definitely does. It definitely does. Because, like I said, we follow the Fellowship as they're looking for um, uh, shards of right. Cosmic Cube. And, um, you know, we, we kind of, uh, 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 th- you know, this is their quest to, to gain a shard, which is in Ultron Land, which is where uh, Hank P- uh, Pimtron is. Every time you say that, I, th- I think you're saying Pimptron. Oh! Uh, was that Conan O'Brien? Yeah. yeah 5,000. I'll cut you. <laughs> Pimtron, yeah, that's a comic guy. There you go. I've got to get that sound effect. I'll cut you. Oh no. <laughs> oh, that's funny. So you know, we we have more um uh uh more uh, uh details on the uh, the efforts of Black Widow and the champions in, in trying to infiltrate Hydra and um and 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 make an attempt upon uh, Hydra Cap's life to try to end it. And uh, you know, there's still some. Uh, some lines the champions will not cross yet, so uh, that's another thing that's developed here. So, are you liking the series, or are you just reading it? I'm just reading it. I think this issue, like I said, was a slog. You know, there was def- this was definitely a bit of a slog to try to get through. You know, the awkward part was the the whole interaction with Pimtron, and um, you know that 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 kind of made for uh, kind of awkward and, and just difficult reading. Um, but like I said, it's just another chapter in the uh, the Fellowship story so there was an article from I can't remember who it is but it's in the show notes which I forgot to tweet out um, talking about now Ultramon, Ultron Timtron is the most sensible man in the in the, the universe does that read proper the, the way is, the way he comes in I don't know what do you mean I don't know um, you mean sensible it's, it's, like because he's like a third party to the the, the, the two sides I guess. I don't know. I honestly didn't read the article yet. I just put it in there so I could read that it later. What, that might be what they're referencing. You know, there's the two sides. There's the hydroside and the uh, anti-hydroside, and he's sort of in the middle. And, you know, I guess um, he takes a very uh, reasoned approach to, you know, the two sides kind of destroying each other because, you know, that's eventually what they're going to do. And that's Secret Empire. Number four. Pretty much. So now I open the floor up to suggestions because I've only read one other book this week. Well, did anybody read Secret Empire United? Nay. Not yet. Okay, well, that answers that question. Um, well, let me go to Flash then real quick. Um, because Flash is similar to uh, The Forge. It is chock full of old school, um, some Flash history. Uh, the fact that Reverse Flash remembers everything of the old universe. Um and he's now trying to use it against uh, um, Barry and Wally and Iris in the worst ways possible. Um, if anybody remembers what happened with Reverse Flash um, in the old, old DC universe back in the, gosh, I think it was the late 70s, 
uh, maybe it was the early 80s. Flash ended up being on trial for murder, uh, committed by Reverse Flash. We're now getting echoes of that. He remembers that. And, of course, being the villain that he is, he wants to uh, relive those quote-unquote glory days. Uh, and so it's it's another one of those books where it really helps if you know the history of the character, you know, if you've uh, read uh, more than one who's who in the DC universe over the years, uh, there's definitely some some things that it's hearkening back to. Uh, but as an uber nerd that reads all this stuff, this is, you know, again, my bread and butter for uh, comic stuff. All of these. No, no, no. Yeah, there you go. I'm proud of it, buddy. Um, so, yeah, I love this book. Uh, you know, again, if you if you've only read Flash since the new 52 or even rebirth, there's a lot of this stuff that's going to go over your head, but they at least, um, if not, they don't really explain it, but they at least reference it. So, you know, they're talking about something that has happened before and something in the past in the history. And you could probably do a quick Google search and figure out exactly what they're referring to. But I really enjoyed it. Um, again, the artwork is fantastic in this book. I love the guy whose name I can't pronounce. D Gia Dominico. Um, yeah, I don't, uh, hold on. Now I'm gonna now I'm gonna scroll through because I read this, I enjoyed it as well. D Giando Menico. There you go. So Happy New Year. I, <laughs> I, I I agree with your assessment of the book. Um, I I am not nearly as well versed in the Flash history, so I definitely kind of glossed over a lot of the finer points and a lot of the Easter eggs that were finally laid out in front of me, and I just could not make sense of them. I had a very you know I know of uh, the Flash's history in very broad strokes, um, and I'm even kind of refamiliarized with the. Uh, with the with the uh, the story behind the the reverse flash because um you know all I remember is like some Wade Weiringo flash from like uh the mid 90s where uh, the reverse flash came back uh that's as far as I go um but because of the flash television show like the first season or two that I stuck with and watched uh, that's the you know that's my point of reference right now and uh if all you have is that and you're reading this uh issue you're fa- you're familiar enough with what um uh, the reverse flash is intending to do, even though it still came as a shock to me at the end. And that I thought was a good uh, 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 cliffhanger ending. Yeah, I definitely thought it was a lot of fun and it made me, I, I've really enjoyed um, the last, I don't know, six months. Uh, when, whenever they like switched it up to the, uh, to the twice a month biweekly, uh, I think it's been really good. I've really enjoyed uh, reading it. So definitely a must for flash fans out there. So there's a character in here called Multiplex, and I swear to God, I thought he was going to transform just based off of the name. <laughs> you know, to show a movie. Exactly. Like I was just like, wait, what is this guy? Who is? What is his powers? He's he's the multi, he's the multiple man. What? Yeah, basically. You know? um, but no. he showed up, I believe, in the early New Fifty Two stuff. Okay. So yeah, but anyway. Uh, gotcha. Yeah, really good stuff. Good artwork. Good story. So just very quickly, I wanted to ask about um, what did you think of uh, Green Lantern's guest appearance in this, because that's when it slowed down for me. Yeah, well, his appearance in this is just a holdover from last issue. It really doesn't serve much purpose as far as this issue goes. Um, mm-hmm. But I think one of the key things that they're trying to do is re-establish the friendship between the two of them. Right. Um, there was always this—I um, don't know if you want to call it like a like an in joke or like a running joke in Justice League, but it was always like unintended. Superman, Batman, Wonder Woman—those are like the the jocks of the justice league and they're always there out front and everybody knows them, whatever. And then you've got like flash and uh, green lantern who are friends in the background, just kind of hanging out. You know, they're the class clowns 
uh, always goofing off. And especially, I guess, during more in the, uh, the goofy era of Justice League, those two um, have a lot of fun shenanigans going on. Um, so I think what they're uh, how Jordan disappeared from the DC universe for a while. Um, he had to fight his way back from another dimension. Um, so this is their chance to reset. Mm, those parallax. Yes. Parallax. Oh my god, that's yes. what happened to him. Okay. So, uh, so yeah, so yeah, parallax is like a different. Yeah, yeah, yeah that's a different thing. Uh, oh. Forget all about all that. Um, <laughs> but. Uh, but yeah, I think they're trying to build up the friendship between the two of them again, and so okay. cause, cause that gave him an opportunity. Last month, last issue was uh, Barry's birthday party, and so Hal showed up for it. So that's the only reason why he's still there. Cool. I enjoyed this issue. You know, like I said, other than where it slowed down, where there was like that kind of uh, uh, heart, not heart to heart, but it kind of it kind of was between uh, Hal and Barry. So, but uh, when they were focusing on. Um, Zoom, you know, uh, Reverse Flash and uh, Iris and Wally, it was uh, pretty uh, entertaining. Yeah, it was pretty intense. Uh, Reverse Flash, anywhere he's shown up recently has been pretty intense. He seems to be a key part of the ongoing rebirth shenanigans. So he's probably a character to look for. And then one other thing, if we're going to talk about a book that's chock full of uh, references and Easter eggs and really has a lot of stuff for the hardcore fans, then I got to jump to Legion of Superheroes with Bugs Bunny. Um, <laughs> this this has so many jokes and satires of the Legion of Superheroes, parodies, references to the Legion of Super Pets, um, and the the story is actually told twice. So you get the modern telling of it, and then about three fourths of the way through the book, the story ends, and then the story retells itself, but as if it had been a fifties uh, or sixties comic. Um, it's it's so bizarre because you know some subtle little differences are made to the storyline, but it's basically the same story told again, but through you know an old school comics perspective. It is. I was going to ask if you if you you'd read this. Yeah, this is. I haven't read the Marvin the Martian one yet. Um, I I looked at enough of it. It's just in my pile. It's uh, the third one down. I just hadn't gotten to it yet. Um, but I read enough of the Marvin the Martian one. Here, let me flip to it real quick. Uh, it is set up as a straight-up uh, Martian Manhunter, uh, like, dark, uh, realistic story, and then suddenly Marvin the Martian pops in, and he is, you know, crazy. He's, he's Looney Tunes, um, <laughs> but, uh, but, the, but everyone else around him is completely normal. Um, in Legion of Superheroes, there are all these moments where, like, something happens, and they all turn away from the camera, and they, they do... You know, they, they're, they're looking at stuff and they're just like, hmm, and these word balloons come up and like, I must look antsy or no one will understand what's going on. I must look depressed now because I am thinking hard. Hmm. And you see someone like Timberwolf and he's like, I like to eat red meat and lots of it. Hmm. And just like all this weird, like crazy, bizarre stuff, really making fun of the Legion, but making fun of the Legion in ways that you really don't understand if you haven't read it. So uh, it, you you, you got to have some knowledge of Legion to, to really get some some good stuff out of the majority of the book. But my son, of course, he doesn't know anything about it. He just read it for the Bugs Bunny parts. So he just kind of skimmed over the Legion stuff and read the Bugs Bunny stuff, and he still enjoyed it. So um, It's an angst attack? Yes. Exactly. I'm jazzed to see Wildfire, though. He was always one of my favorite characters when I was a kid. <laughs> He's such a great design. So unlike the other ones that came before, um, the one that, with Flintstones and Booster Gold, it was just so... Uh, it It's... Like I don't want to say it was it was sad because it wasn't sad. It was just so unhappy 
is the weird way to do it. When you're dealing with the Flintstones and stone cars and, uh, uh, you know, woolly mammoth dishwashers and stuff like that, and they, but they, they still make it depressing uh, in Flintstones. It feels like they kind of make those, they play those kind of straight, whereas this looks like these are kind of going a little bit more on the Looney June side. Yeah, these are, well, like I said, like uh, the Martian Manhunter one, it's like a straight-up Martian Manhunter book where everyone's very serious, as his regular book was, but Marvin is, you know, crazy out there, bent on destruction, you know, whatever, um, and, and he's, like, torn. He's like, oh, this is one of my people, but this guy's, you know, crazy, mm-hmm. um, you know, type of stuff. But um, the, the problem with a lot of those is that they, it felt like they weren't really sure they didn't want to take it too far one direction or too far another direction. So it was just kind of in the middle, like the, the space ghost green lantern one. It was okay. It just didn't do anything really for either character. They were both just there. Um, and they both just happened to be there. Like they were both drawn in um, kind of mistakenly. Um, and so they, their paths crossed, but it wasn't really a story meant for either one uh, where these, I feel have done a, a much better job of establishing the universe they're in and, and, you know, playing up the fact that they're crossing over with each other. Yeah. Yeah, this is like I was kind of kind of trying to say like those other ones were like basically was like okay, they just played them straight. Like okay, we're just gonna put these two two disparate things together and play them like they're both like they belong together and it's just a team up that just haven't met each other before or something like that. Whereas right, this right. goes the way. Yeah, these are much more. Uh, they allow the zaniness of the Looney Tunes to play out. Where I guess those those were Hanna Barbera and they just didn't play right. up any of the, any of the fun or the joy of Hanna Barbera. Whereas here the Looney Tunes they're allowing them to to play into that so mm. and Sam Humphrey's pretty good about throwing silly stuff out there so I'm sure this one kind of played he played with this one pretty decently I've got to, I have to read it alright who's next uh, there was Defenders number one say so is that the one other book you read this week Tim it is I like how they changed his uh, Luke Cage's hoodie to be gold when originally it was gray in the original image so this picks oh, up mean, after. I was gonna say they recolored it. Uh, yeah, they between when they announced it and when they published it. That's weird. Yeah, because it's, it's my uh, it's my wallpaper on my laptop right now, and it's a gray hoodie. The original image. I gotcha. Yeah, the original image when the they announced the book. Gotcha. Well, I'm not this the, the gray image from the from the show. But this picks up right after the free comp day story. Where spoiler alert! Spoiler alert! Spoiler alert! We find out that Diamondback is back alive. The original Diamondback that's a an enemy of Luke Cage. He attacks. He attacked all the defenders and shot Jessica Jones, who ends up in the hospital here. Luke, Danny, and Daredevil visit her. Find out they share stories, and then they start trying to work together to piece everything together. But a uh, great art from David Marquez and. Yeah. J- Justin Ponsor, I believe, the colorist. Or yeah, no, the that's, colorist. that's definitely to me the biggest selling point of this book. Is that I thought the story. I mean, obviously, we see the the direct influence that the Netflix uh, Luke Cage show had on this, because that's definitely what Bendis is drawing upon and trying to meld that into the Marvel six one six continuity. So, you know, there's definitely there's a definite nods to um, to the TV show uh, to the Netflix show here. And um, especially with the resurrection of uh, Diamondback as a as a villain, um, one of the, uh, the the cool aspects of this is that um, uh, you know we, we still at least are going to get some of the Parman and Iron Fist um, uh, uh, mood and 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 humor 
um, you know, in the wake of that series of, of the end of that volume of uh, Parman and Iron Fist, at least we're getting some of that uh, rolling over into Defenders. So that's a that's a nice uh, you know that's a nice uh, touch. Yep. And um, did you guys notice the uh, the barbershop from the Netflix show? Did that show up in the montage portion of it? No, it's towards the end. Ah. It's towards the end. It's um, it's the building. Spoiler alert. It's the building that uh, Diamondback blows up. Interesting. So, you know, it's uh, you know, def- it's definitely uh, uh, melding the uh, the Netflix show in you know direct almost directly. Mm. But yeah, hmm. definitely come for the art. Hopefully, the story satisfies. Yeah, I agree with that. All righty. So let's see what you guys want. Well, in that case, let me go ahead and uh, piggyback on that for, not piggyback, but jump right off from that and get to Black Panther and the crew, number three. Because, funnily enough that you said that, uh, there was a similar scene where a similar shop, I guess you can go ahead and spoil alert, so a very similar action to the, that you just described happens mm-hmm. uh, near the end of that book, near the end of this book. So... Uh, but before all of that, we basically, after coming off of the last issue... Um, oh, no, my apologies. I'm mistaken. It was in this book that I saw it. I am mistakenly mis- referencing the scene, the barbershop scene. The mime is here. Yes, it was in this issue. Because, you know, having seen that, and, and I thought it was in the, uh, the, uh, the Defenders book, but it was actually in the Black Panther and the crew number three. So what you're saying is you're a liar. No! <laughs> Just I wish you weren't such a liar. Just mistaken. Let's not, you know, mountain molehill people. So, anywho, um, so yeah, uh, so we get a little more history history on Ezra Frank and the revolution that he that he was uh, trying to bring a crew together for, and we come to find out that um, he was trying to recruit people for this. He was almost in an Xavier style, uh, kind of watching out and looking for. Uh, people with talents to, to, to form his crew. And it appears that uh, T'Challa and Aurora and amongst a, a few other people to which they showed a few names. One of them happened to be Adam Brashear, uh, Blue Marvel, and a few names that I wasn't quite aware of, but that was the one that kind of stuck out to me. Were on his list of people that he was kind of looking to recruiting for his, uh, for his crew. So we found that out. And then the rest of the issue is basically, uh, Aurora and T'Challa finding this out and trying to figure out what caused or what was he trying to recruit people for that might have caused his death and then they end up going uh, to um, basically hunt down some clues because they found out they they got a lead from this lady that was kind of telling them all of this stuff and they went to go check it out. Luke Charles comes back, uh, one of T'Challa's aliases uh, and then there's some inner monologue with T'Challa about certain things like, oh, I don't know, secret wars, marriages, and uh, an empire. And if the first thing you think of is a secret one, then you're probably, then you're right, because uh, through their hunting out, they come to find out that um, they, from the lead that they got, they end up coming across an oh, a Hydra base. Um, and from that, you can pretty much see where that's going to lead, but it also leads to the 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 the, um, the scene that we spoke of in the beginning of this, in that the barbershop uh, gets gets um, gets exploded while Misty is going towards it or is near it. Hence the oh, yeah. uh, the Luke Cage, um, yes, hence the Luke Cage uh, reference. 
right? Or I just different parts of the, the Luke Cage reference, I should say. I just wanted to note that um, the, uh, the the array of pictures that uh, I guess Ezra had been recruiting back in the day also included one Gabe Jones, uh, mm-hmm. former Howling Commando, right. who was, yeah. seemed to be drawn like uh, Jim Brown. I yeah, you saw that. I, that jumped out of me. I'm like, "What's Jim Brown? Wait, that's Gabe Jones. <laughs> <laughs> Looks like Jim Brown." You know, artist interpretation. Exactly. <laughs> but I, I thought that was a nice little Easter egg there. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, it is what it is. Like we already know this book has been canceled, so I would I think it's going to make it to six. Yes, it's going to complete six issues for the. So we will see how this ends up, and whether the next one is actually going to be either one of the next two are going to actually tie in the Secret Empire or not. Or they just got their own side thing that just happened so happened to deal with Hydra. Alrighty. Is that all you read this week, Roddy? No, I've got one more. I'll go ahead and get out of the way. Why not? Um, Titans 12. I'm mad I didn't get to this. I was going to say you didn't miss anything, but that would be kind of a lie, actually. Because the way it started off, it would seem like you would have missed anything. Because basically, it's, it's, uh, uh, without giving too much away, there's a conversation within, because there's still which you find out somewhere in the course of the uh, issue, or if you've been keeping up, you find out, you know, um, oh, that's distracting. Um, there was a meeting between Omen and uh, Simon, who's in jail for reasons that have, you know, have come out in the last issue. I mean, last couple of issues prior to uh, Lazarus contract. Um, so this kind of goes back into the storyline that was already going on before that ended up happening. Uh, there is a nice little bit of sub- subterfuge that if um, if your mind was thinking about it, kind of takes you back to a certain Avengers movie and a certain conversation between two people. Um, and then we found out that uh, there's um, some there's some division in the uh, or there's a little bit of breaking in the Titans organization, and there's also something ominous going on uh, within the team that uh, somebody finds something out about and we find out that something may or may not be what it seems in the course of all of that. And that's when the book kind of descends. So I guess that's going to come out um, next issue or two. That was a decent read. Usually Titans is a pretty, pretty, pretty quick read for me, but this one had a little bit more meat to it, even in the conversation. Because it basically read like a, um, obviously a filler, filler arc type of TV show or a clip show. Because it kept referencing stuff that you know, stuff that happened in the past, but never was actually shown in the more specifically the recent past. But it it kept felt like a clip show in that if we had actually seen that stuff, then it just kind of goes into the rest of it and picks up a little bit. And Vaca for returns to the Titans, right? Mm, yes. Oh, jealous, jealous. I wish he was still on Ultimates. What's that? I wish Rockefeller was still on Ultimates. I do too. Yeah, I mean, so. dude, you know, dude, on it now is doing all right, but yeah, I, I, I totally miss Rockefeller on, on Ultimates. All right, so I guess we can go into. I, I have one more book. Do you have any other books you want to do in depth? Uh, in depth. What I was going to mention is Amazing Spider-Man: Renew Your Vows because I know you reviewed this for Graham Comic Reviews on Instagram. <laughs> where's that? Where's plug, that dollar? Plug. I'll do it. I'll do it. So. <laughs> Um, follow PCN underscore dirt at Graham comic reviews for the latest comic book reviews in Instagram form. So, um, I read this issue based off of PCN underscore dirt's review on Graham comic reviews, and I was not disappointed. 
um, it you know it's it's kind of tough for me to stick with this issue, uh, stick with the story with this uh, book because it is you know the alternate uh, uh, storyline or, or or alternate universe where um, uh, Peter and Mary Jane remain uh, married and uh, actually have their kid with spider powers. That's not spoiling anything. We're eight issues in, people. So um, in this issue, um, uh, Spidey and his and his and his wife Spinnerette—they gotta get her a better code name—are taking on um, are taking on um, Mysterio, and um, you know they have their uh, their issues with that. But um, in the midst of this issue, we're introduced to one of the seminal um, '90s, uh, late '80s and '90s uh, Spider-Man uh, stories. Um, but with the twist that it is now, spoiler alert, Splinterette, who is uh, beset with the uh, uh, a certain uh, black costume that is that is kind of alive. Well, the cover really gives it away. I don't know how much spoiler you're going to give people when it's all right there. Yeah. I mean, I mean, I guess there's always misleading covers that like a Bendis book, but uh, right, and also because the um the, the month you know the month of Mary Jane covers, you never know. Yeah, uh, but yeah, th- this is uh, true. The, the cover is true to form. Right, um, she's given the symbiote, and um, it really comes from a place where she she has a hard time keeping up. Um, she uses an augmented suit that gives her her powers instead of uh, coming by them quote unquote naturally. Right. Like uh, Peter and uh, their daughter do. So, um, so she's looking for something to help, and she finds help in the form of an Osborne, which is never a good thing in the Spider-Man mythos. Of course. Um, and she's given a uh, symbiote suit, and it's you know we're only half an issue that she has it, but already it's pretty clear. Everybody knows where it's going, so they don't sure. beat around the bush uh, too much. Uh, but it's just so much fun to see how they play with the established tropes, how they uh, mix things up. They're not afraid to do things very differently uh, in this continuity. Uh, But at the same time, it's always centered around the family. And so, like I said, even though uh, we know that there's some bad stuff coming, it's coming from really a a good place where she wants to be more helpful and be a little more independent, not for her own pride, but just for the sake that she uh, doesn't want to have to bother Peter as much. Um, you know, when stuff is happening so he can have a little bit of a break. And of course it's coming back to bite her in the butt. So um, it's just, like I said, it's fun the way that they play with that stuff. It's a, it's a really well done story. Um, One of the things I said on Instagram, I'll repeat it here is that I often wish that this was the true Spidey book. Like this is what uh, I want Spider-Man books to be like. Uh, This is, I love this universe. I love the fact that they're still together. I love that they built a family. Um, you know, it's not something that you get often uh, in comics these days. Uh, so it's nice when there's a, you know, uh, a family you can follow along with and, and everybody gets, you know, uh, everybody gets some, some TV time, so to speak. So yeah, screen time. Yeah. Yeah. So it's a, it's a good book. I like it. I recommend it. Um, especially if you've got uh, someone younger, uh, Spidey didn't last, unfortunately. Um, but it looks like this one's got some more legs to it. So, uh, it's it's all ages only in the sense that that more than just kids can enjoy it. The kids can enjoy it, but the adults can enjoy it. So don't don't take the idea that it's all ages to mean that it's somehow simple or easy uh, or or it's below your your level. Um, I think everybody should should try this book. It's fantastic. Cool. I definitely definitely appreciated the advice this week. All right. Well, there's your plug, everybody. 
There you, <laughs> you go. Check out Graham comic reviews that I almost abandoned, but instead uh, I, I gave it new life with a, a new outlook. So there it's you reinvigorated. Go. Until it does. All right. So, um, uh, Dirt, if you have any other books that you want to do in depth, now's the time because I'm about to go into rapid fire. No, everything I do, I can do pretty quick. Rapid fire time! All right. So uh, let me run through some books real quick to give uh, PC and underscore Dirt a breather. Um, Captain America, Sam Wilson, number 23, um, details the um, uh, what uh, Sam Wilson has been doing uh, some more uh, once he gave up the mantle of Captain America and decided to become a smuggler. Um, ultimately, uh, you know, he's running his own version of the Underground Railroad, literally, between uh, the United States and Canada to help uh, those persecuted by, uh, by Hydra America, um, uh, you know, help them escape to Canada. You know, people like humans and mutants and people who just want to escape. So um, uh, this ties uh, into what is happening in Secret Empire numbers three and four, but it is not necessary to uh, read this to have a... Uh, you know, to understand what's going on in those two uh, main storyline issues. It's uh, just some peripheral stuff. Uh, the Mole Man shows up out of all people. So it's pretty weird. But, um, you know, it's one of those tie-in issues. Um, Ms. Marvel number 19, a powerful, powerful issue because it deals a lot. It deals so much with um, Kamal Khan's family as they observe one of the bigger um, uh, uh, holidays in the Muslim tradition. Um, and uh, we also have the return of some characters from uh, 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 recent uh, crossovers. So um, yes. it's a different... That part, I didn't get to read it, but I saw that part. Yeah. Like, I didn't want to spoil it too much, but we, we do have the return yeah. of that character, and that is leading into uh, the next phase of the storyline. This is the first issue in a new arc. So this is, defini- this is definitely a, a, a strong start to uh, the upcoming story. And I wanted to mention Uncanny Avengers number 24. It's another Secret Empire tie-in. Um, the, the tie-in portion of the story is weak. It basically details the Uncanny Avengers um, dealing with the Dark Force Dome that is in Manhattan that has been uh, put up as part of uh, uh, Hydrocap's plot in Secret Empire. But uh, the strongest uh, part of this book was... Uh, the art by Kim Jacinto. It was I. I was mar- literally, no pun intended, marveling at the art, and I just you know kind of stared at it as I was flipping uh, pages. And I've mentioned it on the shows uh, recently that I have dropped this book from my physical pull list. I don't know if it's this is enough for me to put it back on because I, I really don't care to follow the stories of the characters that are remaining uh, in this team-up book. Um, you know, it's a myriad mix, you know, it's a hodgepodge of Inhumans and X-Men and Avengers, uh, and it's not as enticing to me as some of the other team books that are out there right now. However, the art on this is strong, and if you're looking uh, at, for some very clean and sharp superhero art, I would recommend taking a look at this book. And finally, for uh, my last rapid-fire book, it's Vision Director's Cut Number 1. Now, we were joking earlier about uh, off, off the air about uh, spoiling a book we all read a year ago, but um, what I wanted to mention uh, for, for our listeners and viewers is that if you have not, if you're new to our show or, or if you're new to the idea of a Vision uh, limited series, you've got to go out and pick this up. Pick up the director's cut if you don't want to go out and get the old the back issues or get it on Marvel Unlimited or get, you know, the, it was just on sale on Amazon and Comixology. I picked that up, and I still 
owning the original issues, having the uh, the trade paperbacks through Comixology, I still bought two copies of the director's cut. I got the shiny cover and I got the uh, the Scotty Young alternate cover because it was cool. I'd hold it up, but my hands are full right now. But um, oh, thank you very much. So PCN underscore Dirt is taking care of the main cover, and Roddy Cat is taking care of the Scotty Young cover. Uh, and they're they're holding them up now. They're posting them up now for our viewers online uh, and in the future on YouTube. Uh, what I wanted to mention uh, very quickly is that um, this is a director's cut, so we have some behind-the-scenes looks at the construction of this book and the development of this book. And I wanted to point people specifically to the elevator pitch that uh, that Tom King um, that uh, that Tom King uh, proposed to Marvel in order to um, in order to uh, 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 get this uh, series approved. So uh, all that, uh, in a nutshell, uh, is maybe a paragraph and a half, maybe two paragraphs total. And it's a true elevator pitch, and it reads like something that any editor would approve in a heartbeat. And that is, you know, phenomenal stuff. And if anyone is looking to pitch um, a new series or a story idea to um, to an editor, I would suggest that you take a look at uh, the pitch that's in this book and uh, go from there. You know, use that as, uh, as as just one example of how to pitch a story to an editor. Okay. Okay. And that's done. For, and and that's my rapid fire. All right. All right. Just from you. Like, I'm hearing an echo of me coming back. All right, it's gone. Weird. Okay. okay. Uh, I'll do a couple here real quick. Weapon X, uh, number four. This is part of the prelude of Weapons of Mutant Destruction. We finally figure out who the main bad guy is, who behind everything. And he's lame. <sighs> oh, my gosh. This is, a, this is a character. He was a pivotal character in the story 30 years ago, and then he died. And then they brought him back, and then he died. And then they, like, cloned him or something, and then he died. Uh, and, like, now he's back again. Uh, and it's, it just took all the wind out of the story. All the lameness. Oh, my God. Like, I, I was actually kind of getting into it, uh, even though I thought the totally awesome Hulk comes across as really annoying sometimes. I was still going to go with it. Uh, but this, knowing that, that they've gone back to the well to this guy, just makes me just, like, I don't even know anymore if I'm going to follow through on this. Um, so, anyway, just took all the wind out. But uh, Old Man Logan does redeem himself in his main uh, title, Old Man Logan 25. This is with new writer uh, Ed Brisson, uh, and Mike Diodato is picking up the art. I'm not a huge fan of the art. Uh, it looks, it always looks to me like he's using computer-generated models and sketching on top of them. Uh, it just always looks a little funky as far as that goes. But the story... It's not Greg Land. Well, it's not Greg Land, that's true. <laughs> he uses a different type of picture, though, to draw on top of. But uh... Be thankful but... for small favors. <laughs> <laughs> I, didn't think, I didn't think anybody could follow up Lemire's run on this because Lemire did such a fantastic job. Uh, but Brisson, he... He decides to keep a similar theme but put his own spin on it, uh, shoot it off in a different direction, um, and punch you in the face with uh, a story. And it is uh, it's incredible. Um, I'm, I'm really blown away by how creative it was, um, using what we know about Old Man Logan's lore uh, and continuing up on that. 
So uh, I, you know, I at one point had considered maybe dropping this title once the new writer came in, but not now. Uh, it is, it's good enough that I'm, I'm sticking with it. Definitely. Uh, let's see. We had star Wars 32 that came out this week. The next part of the screaming Citadel, um, I'm a little disappointed that it's space vampires is what the story basically comes down to. Um, I will say this much though, that as much as they'll put some fun action packed stuff in there and, and, and play around with some of the characters, you just know that, that Han Solo is not going to die. You know that Luke Skywalker is not going to die. So when they put him in these moments of peril, I'm just, you know, kind of rolling my eyes as I go through these scenes. It's like, all right, you got to roll with it. You know, yeah, it's like, it's not going to stick. Um, if they would play more with some of the secondary characters that appear only in the comics and have never appeared in the movies, you know, so there's a pretty good chance that they don't survive much longer, uh, I'd be, I think, a little more into it. But there's only one part of the storyline left, so we'll see how they stake the vampires through the heart and move on. Um, but, yeah, at the end of it, it's just, it's a story that exists and it's there and it's okay, but I just don't feel like it's going to do much in the long run. Um yeah, the space vampire kind of threw me off of it, but I'm still going to read it. Yeah, well, you kind of feel like you have to after you read the first couple, right? Yeah, pretty uh, much. <laughs> Action Comics 981, uh, the Superman Revenge Squad stuff, uh, you know, it's okay. I've talked before. I haven't exactly been blown away by it. But um, in the midst of everything that's going on, Dan Jurgens decides to throw something else at Superman completely out of left field, um, which it's one of those things that gets revealed at the end of the book, and you go, wait a minute, what? And then you have to go back and read through, and when you read through the issue, it makes sense. Um, you, you don't see it while you're reading it, but then once you know it at the a- end and go back, then it, it obviously stands out, and you're like, oh, well, now so much of the stuff makes a lot more sense. So um, he's having fun with the book. Jurgens is having fun writing this book, playing around with the, the character and everything. Uh, it's a lot of fun. Uh, I definitely do, for the most part, enjoy action more than the uh, uh, other Superman uh book so um you know they they have their ups and downs and they go back and forth but this one uh the, what he throws at him is uh is a lot of fun obviously it's another thing that's not going to stick but uh it's something to have fun with them while they're there um i want to talk about two books that probably no one has ever heard of before uh you, you might remember solar flare i talked about issue one back when it came out um I, I missed out on two. I had to get a copy of two and read two and three here, uh, read them back to back today. But basically, it's a post-apocalyptic story where a massive solar flare has killed uh, all electronics on Earth. Um, random fires have broken out. Uh, you don't really know how bad Earth really is yet, uh, how terrible things are. But, of course, that doesn't stop the worst of humanity from going out and trying to take advantage of the situation. So uh, it's dealt with in the same way you would you know, your basic zombie movie, uh, except you're not running from zombies, you're running from other people during, uh, you know, this this horrible, terrible crisis that's going on. Um, and because it's this massive solar flare and everything's, you know, going terrible, it's like this weird twilight uh, era, this uh, aurora borealis type thing over the entire world uh, as it's messing with the atmosphere and uh, and everything. So it makes for this weird uh, look. Uh, the art definitely has a, a style um, all its own. Um, he uses a lot of, um, uh, like he takes photographs of backgrounds and then runs them through some filters on the computer and then draws the people on top of them. And it actually works. Uh, it, it feels like you'd think about it and you think it really shouldn't work, but it does the way he's, his line work, uh, works with those photos. It's actually pretty cool. 
uh, how it all comes together. So uh, Scout Comics, you know, nobody's probably nobody listening to this has ever heard of Scout Comics, probably never heard of Solar Flare, but it's definitely worth taking a look at. Uh, I enjoy these post-apocalyptic, you know, stories. Uh, so this is uh, another one to add to the list, and it's pretty good. So I recommend that. Um, and then finally, uh, this one is this one blows me away. Um, this is one of the dollar fifty books. It's called Trespasser. It's from Alterna Comics. Um, it is the story of a father and daughter who are living out on a farm. Uh, something bad has happened to the world. You don't really know. Again, it's some sort of post post apocalyptic, but it doesn't make clear. Uh, you know. It, probably not zombies, but it's something economic or terrorism or something. Um, so they're just living on their own, and an alien just happens to uh, crash or come visiting or whatever, and ends up out on their farm and gets injured. And he, uh, you know, brings them home to uh, uh, to try to figure out what's going on. And the story, you get this sense that you know it's a father; he would do anything to protect his daughter. So you're not quite sure how safe it is for this alien guy who's going to be there. Um, he seems like a nice enough guy, but could the paranoia get the better of him? Um, you know, how bad really is the world that they live in? Why is this alien here? All this type of stuff as you're reading through it. And then it gets to the end of the issue. And I got to say that when I flipped to the final page, it, it hit me like a punch to the gut. Like it, it was an ending that came out of nowhere. Again, it, it makes perfect sense. Um, I'm sure it makes perfect sense in the long run of the story. You, when you think about it, it, it works, but uh, oh my gosh, it was one of those things where I, I couldn't believe I had just read what I read in this book. Um, and this story, I believe, actually came out digitally uh, a year or so ago, and this is the first time it's been in print. Um, so this is the first opportunity I've had to read the story, and I'm like, I'm really fighting myself. I'm debating, am I going to go buy the digital ones and read ahead, uh, or am, am I going to stick with uh, the paper ones as they come out? Because this is from Alterna. This is uh, part of their new line. It's $1.50. It's printed on newsprint. Um, so it has that old comic smell to it. If you remember the comic shops of the eighties, um, it has that, that feel to it on the paper. Um, it looks really nice. Like I'm, I'm really am impressed with all the books that I've read in their, their dollar 50 newsprint line. All of the books are really high quality. I'm, I'm surprised at how good printing on newsprint actually looks. Um, and I, and it's one of these things where it's like proof of concept, uh, I, I wish that Marvel and DC, you know, you're going to have your Batmans and your Supermans and they're going to be your 399 comics that come out every month. But if they would take some of the secondary characters and throw them on the newsprint paper and sell them for a dollar 50, you could get firestorms and blue beetles and, you know, whatever so that might last, uh, you know, 30, 40, 50 issues instead of burning out after six. Um, because, uh, you know, with the, the cheaper price, print quality. It, yeah. yeah, but it, it looks so – I'm just amazed at how good they can get it to look nowadays on that old-school newsprint. So Alterna's really done a great job with, with pushing this uh, $1.50 line. We love it at the store because it's cheap enough that people buying their comics, you can be like, oh, yeah, this was really good. And they'll go, well, you know, for $1.50, I'll check it out. Uh, you know, And we've been able to sell quite a few of them. So as a retailer, I like it. Uh, but as a, as a, as a comic uh, geek, aficionado, I like it. But as a reader, like I said, the, the last page just totally blew me away. Uh, and, and as much as it's, it, I never would have thought this a couple of days ago before comics showed up. Uh, but having read through all the stuff, Trespasser number one is in fact my click of the week. Um, wow. 
it, and it's it's one of those things where I actually, as soon as I got done with it, I had to set it down and walk away from it. And then I picked it back up and I started flipping through it backwards to retrace parts of the story. And then I just started at the beginning and read the entire issue through again. Um, wow. It is really, really That's good. Impressive. And Justin Ryan is the writer. I have no idea who he is or what else he's done, uh, but I'm going to be Googling the name later. Uh, Christian Rossi uh, is doing the artwork. Uh, DC Hopkins, I think, is the, the colorist. Um, and it, I mean, it feels like this is a top shelf product. This does not feel like an alternate, uh, uh, you know, indie press book. Yeah, this this could have been uh, the image spotlight book in the Diamond Previews catalog. The story is fantastic. So this may end up being one of those books where, uh, you know, these guys go on to bigger, better stuff. And this little dollar fifty newsprint book is the one that you know ends up going for big bucks later on down the line. Is as people discover them. But uh, yeah, this gets, this gets a, a, one of my highest recommendations, uh, like some of the others where I say, you definitely have to read it. This is one of those, you definitely have to read it. This, this book is fantastic. Nice. All right. So I guess we're running right into uh, click of the week zone. So. <laughs> so PC and underscore dirt has given us his click of the week. And I guess I will. Uh, surprise uh, everyone on the panel by picking a DC book. <gasps> Whoa. Whoa. Dark Days, The Forge, number one, my click of the week this week. Yeah, and actually, before I before I read Trespasser, I think this probably would have been mine as well. Dark Days is what I would go with also. Whoa. But not Roddy. Roddy's got to break the streak. <laughs> That's right. Um, probably possibly also because I haven't read it, but even if I had, I probably still wouldn't because I'm going to go with, um, boy, I have so many books to choose from, uh, Black Panther and the crew number three. Nice. Because at what I forgot to mention earlier for King, Sotala has missed out on some things, including finding out about Frank Ocean, which not only brings up, but ends up singing a little bit of during the course of this issue, which was out of nowhere, but yeah. All righty. Okay, so before we uh, transition over... Um, before you make your... That one. Yeah, before you make your ad, I think Sim's going to make with his leaving. All righty. But uh, uh, speaking of... I will say I just, I just got an email for something embargoed until 9 a.m. tomorrow, so check the clipnation.com at 9 p.m. or 9 a.m. Eastern time tomorrow to see... Uh, some news from a publisher that we discussed tonight. Exclusive. Ooh. Yes. It's interesting. But see y'all at 9 a.m. tomorrow. All righty. So uh, we're going to uh, transition again. I'm going to play this particular transition now for a very good reason. So, um, our first ad of the night is for Busted Tees. This episode of the Click Nation's Comic Book Chronicles is sponsored by Busted Tees, your home for funny, awesome, cool t-shirts that are sure to get your friends' attention. Busted Tees puts many of their popular shirt designs on sale each week. Choose from several eye-catching t-shirts inspired by pop culture, cleverly themed TV shirts inspired by movies, video games, TV shows, comic books, and geek culture, and much more are on sale. 
To help keep our podcast free, order from Busted Tees by going to cspn.us. That's cspn.us. Then click on the Keep Our Podcast Free link. Click on the Busted Tees banner and then shop for awesome t-shirts. Busted Tees through cspn.us. Do it today. Yes. I would go into our cinematic news where I, if I had my normal setup, we I could do this a whole lot faster. But we're gonna run through this. We're gonna we're gonna um, we're gonna work this out. And sadly, the first couple of bits of news have to do with a couple of passings that we have had. And the first one being Glenn Headley of Dick Tracy and Mr. Holland's Opus dies at sixty-three. Rest in peace. Rest in peace. Test was a test true heart. I believe that was the name in in, in Dick Tracy. Think so. I'm going to say yes. And, I'm going to say yes and move on, and be very surprised that I remember that. And ah. second bit of news: um, <sighs> Adam West, TV's Batman, dies at 88. Yeah, that one was uh, kind of a shock because a lot, I, most people, the majority of people, did not realize that he was a 88 years old, and B had recently been diagnosed with uh, leukemia and had been uh, battling that in his most, you know, uh, most recently. Right. Yeah, definitely didn't the last part. First part I did know, so this was like and and the thing what also stuck up out about it was that um well, we'll get to that in a couple of um in a couple of stories. But it happened amongst some other news that happened, but um it was sort of sad and uh, there was a lot of outpouring of, you know well, there was a lot of sadness and a lot of people like you know, well wishes like people do on Twitter, you know, when Twitter, Twitter like Facebook, all over social mm-hmm. media, their tributes to uh, Adam West and the old uh, Batman 1966 series. I actually, when I saw that, and this is terrible, but I went out and not only bought the TV show, which I had planned to do anyway, but also bought the the 66 movie. Mm. Right when I heard that, I'm tempted to see if there's any 66 Batman action figures left at Toys R Us. I haven't gone since his passing. Yeah. And you kind of hate that you do that when stuff like that happens because it's like, well, yeah. clearly, you know, when we weren't thinking about this stuff, you know, while this person was alive, but sometimes it doesn't happen that way. Sure. So, so moving right along, um, so we did find out that Adam West Company, which we, we already knew about this, but I guess since this passing, this, this is why this came up as being news again, and that was Adam West completed one last Batman movie. Uh, we knew that he and Burt Ward were working on an animated uh, movie uh, of Batman and Robin, the '66 version, I believe, and um, yeah, and that's yeah, that's the problem. Apparently, he must have finished it, right? Yeah, completed his work on that, so that should be uh, released in its entirety. Mm-hmm. It doesn't say when, I don't believe. Oh no, it's out now. Actually, oh, that's weird. Didn't hear about that part. All right, so, yeah, so that's out. Check that out. Yeah. Uh, next, I'm sorry. No, go ahead. Oh, next up, we have. In the other news, this is the last bit of uh, Adam West news. The Bat Signal will be lit over Los Angeles in honor of uh, Adam West. Uh, this, which the ceremony has already happened. Actually, well, wait, actually, seven thirty. So it would have actually it just just passed. Well, it's already passed. I was so, gonna say it's probably going on right now. Yeah, kind of uh, three hours uh, from the Eastern time. So right. So there's a ceremony that was that is being conducted right now, or um, at Los Angeles City Hall. Um, I guess the police chief is there and a, couple, a bunch of other people are there and they are going to light the bat signal for an undisclosed time as this article says. 
But it works. So if there's some video out there about it, which I'm sure there will be at some point, check that out. All right. So uh, the next bit of news, I know you're jazzed about this, so I won't step all over. I will let you take a lot of this. Um, the new trailer, the first teaser trailer and poster for the Marvel Black Panther movie dropped during the NBA Finals, and it was mm-hmm. pretty fun. And the very first scene is literally going to uh, draw people in, uh, anyone who remembers these two characters, uh, Ulysses Claw and Martin Ross from... Mm-hmm. From uh, from Captain America: Civil War, or Everett yeah, Ross, I'm sorry, Captain Everett Ross. Yeah, Everett Ross, yes, right. So because because um, I think it was I was thinking of Martin Freeman, the actor, Which, but yeah, um, he plays, yeah. right. So um, uh, once you see that, you know we're directly, directly jumping from Civil War into at least part of the story that's going to take place in uh, the Black Panther movie. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, it was. I personally, obviously, I'm slightly biased because I've been you know, anticipating this movie, but it actually was a pretty, uh, pretty good teaser trailer. Uh, you know, it didn't seem like it was giving a whole heck of a lot away, which certain, you know, sometimes they have movies have been tending to do lately and the movie's still a little ways out, like it's next year, but you know, that's, that's, you know, a year off at this point, I would at the very least. So there was that. And there was a lot of rumblings about the, the, um, poster that came along like right before, because, uh, that day, I believe, that gave way to the teaser trailer uh, of the poster that came out that uh, there were various... Some, were not right. some, some folks online were not happy with yes. what looked like a very rough Photoshop job. And I can see, I can kind of sort of see their complaints, but at the same time, and then, I'll, and then something came out like shortly after that saying, well, look, here's some significance in this shot, regardless of, and well, not even regardless of that, because the person who did this who said this was apparently I overlooked it. So there was some significance in the picture that was on the poster and, and it was a uh, pretty steep in history and it was pretty dope. So, um, but yeah, the two trades were great. And uh, I guess our next bit of news after that, I'll just skip ahead to this one. Uh, and then for come back to it in that the teaser trailer grabs 89 million views in the first 24 hours. And I know I am responsible for at least 10 of those, like actually 10 of those. Ah, all right. I mean, there there was people like doing like five runs at a time, or at least so they say. You know, how people were like, "I'm gonna watch this like 50, 11 times." Blah blah blah. No, no, no. And maybe they did because you know. And of course, there were the people that were you know were actually going through it a few different times because they were making their videos or their reaction videos or whatever the case may be. Or memes. So, or memes. Or memes. Or yeah, and just right. trying to piece it apart because obviously, you know, when a teaser trailer like this comes out, you, you got to pick it apart so that you can find out what, what bits and pieces of the movie is going to come out in and blah, blah, blah. So there's a lot of that going on. So I'm pretty sure a lot of that's responsible for the views outside and inside of being a highly anticipated movie. Right. Uh, and given that Marvel's Black Panther releases new synopsis, uh, we won't really won't go to it. Yeah, don't go into that. No spoilers. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But basically there's a, there's I a lot totally of did not read that new story. I just went right by. Uh, <laughs> So I kind of didn't read it either, but it was like, well, I was like, okay, okay, okay. When it got to the part where said, "Well, here it is," and then I was like, "All right, I'm going to stop now." But you kind of can't help it, especially if you're doing the news kind of stuff. So, all right. So, uh, moving on, uh, we have, um, you know, there's an article out there where James Gunn, who is always active on social media and is still promoting the Guardians of the Galaxy Volume Two movie, which is awesome, by the way. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, 
you know, he's out there not only promoting it, but also uh, dropping tidbits. And there's a story out there about uh, how he explains how Yondu's arrow works. So feel free to check out our show notes and follow the link to that article. Um, there's also right. There's also uh, an article out about how uh, Sebastian Stan, aka James Buchanan Barnes, is uh, pumping up literally to get in, uh, get ready for his role uh, in Avengers: Infinity War. And speaking of Infinity War, um, uh, one Michonne, aka Denai Guerrero, has been yes. confirmed for Avengers: Infinity War. Yes. So basically, everybody, it, it just keeps on going. It's like, well, shoot, everybody who's in the last couple of movies are pretty much going to be pretty much. <laughs> to be. I'm still waiting for our, our our ticket to that show because you know, surely we're going to be, and even though we haven't been in any, of course, so far, clearly our casting is coming. Right. So Fox can go jump in a lake because they are casting X-Men Dark Phoenix and rumors. Um, and the rumors are that they're going after some A-list uh, uh, acting talent, uh, namely Angelina Jolie and Jessica Chastain. Uh, that was Zoom weirdly in. more of a surprise than the, the Chastain one because, I mean, obviously, you know, we hadn't really, I mean, I know Angela Jolie's kind of doing some stuff every now and then, but not a whole lot. At least in front of the camera, I think, you know, whatever, I don't even know what the hell she's doing right now, but I'm like, wow, that's that came from out of nowhere. I mean, in terms of genre stuff, what has she really done other than Tomb Raider? Wanted? Yeah, that's true. I forgot about Wanted. Tomb Raider, yeah, Tomb Raider, Wanted. That's, yeah, that's about it. Yeah. That's pretty much it in terms of the comic genre stuff. So, But, uh, you know, obviously Fox is going to try to make a, a splash with these movies because, God forbid, they lose their license to them. Speaking of no, Fox's X-Men license, <laughs> <laughs> New Mutants casting... Um, as, uh, there's rumors out about uh, Young Magic and Karma being uh, cast. Or they're looking for, um, they're actually casting now, they're, they're looking for uh, uh, young actresses to take up these roles. Mm-hmm. And uh, going back to better Marvel movies, um, ah. potentially better Marvel movies, we still don't know, but Tom Holland confirms Spider-Man Homecoming is the first in a trilogy. All right. One would say this was not a surprise, but at the same time, given how they've been doing Spider-Man movies, the only the last trilogy was the Tobey Maguire ones, mm-hmm. right? Because they couldn't they couldn't fathom making a third uh, Andrew Garfield Spidey, unfortunately. Right, and we can get into all that above in a whole different time. Right. So, uh, Avengers four, Captain Marvel, and Ant Man two filming schedule revealed, and uh, the Flash movie can't get a director. Sorry, DC, I took a shot. Shot. Fire, DC. They have kind Shots of uh, run fired. through a few different ones, haven't they? You heard that? Shots fired. So, um, so uh, there is a kick-ass Wonder Woman poster you can uh, buy now that is, uh, I guess, was part of the movie launch last week. Uh, spoiler alert and apologies. I still have not watched the Wonder Woman movie. I'm hoping to catch it this coming week, but that's what I said last week. Pretty good. It's it's worth going to the theater for, I would say. Sounds good. Even though, whatever, but that's another time also. Uh, Batman the Animated Series producer Alan Burnett, Bur- yeah, Burnett retires. He's had a long, long career in uh, animation uh, for uh, Warner Brothers properties. Mm-hmm. So, you know, congratulations to him. Hopefully, he can enjoy retirement. Indeed, indeed. So, Army Hammer is open to playing Shazam. Okay. No. You okay. mean Shaz- oh, you mean Shazam the app on your phone? Oh, right. No. Oh. All right. 
<laughs> sure, you can do that. Wait, wasn't wasn't Shazam a, a movie with Shaq where he played a genie? <laughs> that was Shazam. <laughs> that keeps coming up. Shazam. <laughs> 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 Uh, yeah. I, I don't know. I can't see the Lone Ranger being Shazam. <laughs> All right. Actually, so, I haven't even seen that Man from Uncle movie either, but whatever. Anyway. Speaking of DC. Bat- <laughs> yes. Batman and Spider-Man composer Danny Elfman will now score Justice League. So it'll be like, dun, dun, dun. No, okay, well. <laughs> um, you skipped one, which is also DC, which is uh, Family will be the same oh, yeah. into Aquaman. So I'm really hoping that they can pull off an Aquaman movie. You know what family was also the central theme of? The Fast and Furious. Furious. <laughs> Think about it. Think about it. All right. So, no way. Legends of Tomorrow adds Billy Zane as P.T. Barnum for a time travel arc. Okay. I know, right? Wait, did it, wait didn't Billy Zane play the Phantom? Or am I thinking of somebody yes, else? Yes, you're absolutely right. Okay. So maybe he'll... Oh, Phantom, Phantom, Phantom's not even a DC property. Never mind. Yeah. Damn it. So, uh, so, season three, bring it back. Fiction, good. Okay. Although I heard something about the end of this last season that made me scratch my head about that. But okay, sure. Rumor of the day: Justice League reshoots to feature more of Wonder Woman. Wonder Woman, because you know, right? Because she's the uh, she is the cash draw. I mean, I would say Marvel should really take notes, but that's it's not the same thing as having a book, a couple of books that you cancel when you have a uh, a high demand character pulling some numbers on a thing they did. But anyway, <laughs> not bitter or anything. No, not even not even a little. Apparently, um... X Men: oh. Dark Phoenix accepts its main cast and creative team with one big. Edition, so well, I would say a little behind the scenes and some of the stuff that I'd leave a lot of stuff out for the order, and this would have still been in the order that it should have been. But apparently, they've come down on the uh, the actress of choice that we talked about a little bit ago, and that's being Jessica Chastain. And I can't say why that would be a surprise because it's not, and she's playing Lilandra, so because it's Dark Phoenix, and mm-hmm. you, you gotta have it. All right, so, so I'm gonna ring the uh, cash register. Because of the next story, which is the actual, actual Skywalker, Luke Skywalker lightsaber from Star Wars and The Empire Strikes Back is up for auction. Up for auction, people. Break open those piggy banks. Exactly. Which is weird because... Cash in your 401k. <laughs> halfway there. Um, so I don't know if you guys have heard, and this is not in the news, but there was the, the guy that has all the Star Wars, uh, Star Wars memorabilia, that has the, like the biggest collection of Star Wars memorabilia, got stolen from. So when I saw this, I was like, well, wait, was this was this a part of that? And somebody just brazen enough to just restore it, but apparently this was a separate thing. Yeah, no, I was about to say, this kind of promotion behind the auction i doubt that uh this would be a, a, a promote promoting an auction for a piece of stolen property right so all right next up ducktales Woo! reboot introduces the return of old characters and a new one uh so apparently and i guess we should have seen this coming because um gyro gear loose is uh going to be a part of the show gyro gyro is the person 
responsible for Gizmo Duck. So that makes a hell of a whole lot of sense. Also, the Beagle Boys will, will be back. <laughs> so I think pretty much the the, um, the game's all here. I think, wait, did they did they cast Mrs. Beakley? Because I don't remember. I don't know. What? Um, actually, wait, it says here, so my Beagle, uh, the Beagle Boys, blah, 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 blah. Allison Janney is playing. Cause those, so this is some stuff in here that actually we didn't know about. So Allison Janney will be playing Scrooge's Old Love Interest, uh, Gold Deal Guilt. Allison Janney? You mean C.J. Craig from the West Wing? The very same. Um, let's right. see. <laughs> Gladstone Gander, a longtime nemesis of Donald Ducks, will, will be played by Paul F. Tompkins. And uh, a new character named Mark Beeks, who okay. is a young billionaire who will be played by Silicon Valley star Josh Brenner. All right. So they're getting some names, except for the last one that I don't know anything of. But yeah, well, somebody, is... yeah, somebody new from a hot show that's right. still gaining some traction. So some heavy hitters. I mean, there's probably no doubt that this is not going to get any numbers because it's going to hit the nostalgia people and new people. But I I'm interested. Hmm. Um, so the shouldn't be here, but never mind. Just keep rolling with it. Which one? The, the, the pro one. poster and the air date? Oh no, not that one. The one after that. Oh, it's spoiler alert. Yeah, well, that's fine. So yeah, uh, along with that news, we get a duct- the new Ductra and Drill poster and air date, which is the air date is August twenty, August eighteenth, because they're releasing it on Disney XD. Um, yes. Right. And then, okay. and then on the and then on September 23rd, they're going with the, the regular uh, set of shows. The continuing uh, episodes. Right. All right. So what uh, Roddy Cat was referring to earlier, and the reason why I rang the spoiler bell, is that apparently there's some news that the novelization of Spider-Man Homecoming contains information about uh, the character that Donald Glover uh, plays in the movie. We will not discuss this now because it will become very apparent very soon. We are less than a month away. Mm-hmm. So let's not, uh, let's not uh, jump the gun on these. Um, let's see. So uh, we can skip this one. Uh, no. Which one? The Guillermo del Toro one? Yeah. All right. You know, I just, it says he, he talks creative freedom with Netflix and the future of Hellboy. There's an article. I mean, granted, I just wanted to see Dirt's face on this one. It's torture. But since he's not showing his face, it doesn't matter. Um, but now they talked to Guillermo del Toro about a bunch of stuff. And he just kind of had a little blurb in there on Hellboy and saying he doesn't own it. It's, it's Mike Mignolo's. And, you know, as he is, he gets If he wants to do, if he wants to reboot it, it's fine. You know, mm-hmm. Godspeed and good luck. So I'm going to break out um, a new uh, sound effect that uh, uh, one Roddy Cat loaded up um, for the next bit of news. Hey, boo! boo! <laughs> one Statler and Waldorf boo from the... I knew that was going to come in handy. Um, the next story that we have in our last story in uh, cinematic news is uh, Sony's Venom movie is, star- is set to begin filming in September. Again... It was awful. I was terrible. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. We don't know. Yeah, we don't know this yet, Satellite Waldorf. (laughs) But uh, yeah, no, I'm breaking out that new stuff for uh, for this news because boo hiss, boo hiss. Um, all righty, and we're on to comic news. Yeah, we're on to the comic news. Um, you hit this first one, and I get the, the next couple. All right, so there's a fresh peek inside Mark Wahlberg's Alien Bounty Hunter comic. Um, whoop-de-doo, good for him. 
Um, so yeah, I'm, no, I still don't know why he's doing it. He's, yeah, he's got enough of a name to where he, his movie. <laughs> where there's that, but I'm like, he has still enough of a name to where he doesn't have to go this route to get a movie made. Because basically, as we have reported on before, he is doing this comic so that he can get create a new franchise, create a new franchise that they can make movies off of. Yeah, stupid. Anyway, anyway, um, in the video gaming corner, some so we just had E3. Well, actually, well, I guess this was the last day, but regardless. Um, just a little bit of E3 news coming out um, as we have uh, as of last week we had all the press conferences and stuff like that. If you had, if you're a video gamer and video gamer, yes, if you are a gamer and um, then you probably were already watching the E3 and you know about this stuff already. But if you are a gamer and you haven't and you like comics, hey, welcome to the block. Marvel vs. Capcom Infinite Story Mode Demo. It is out for the PS4 and the Xbox One. You can go check it out on either one of those platforms. I played it. It's pretty... It, it's good. I mean, it's, it gives you a little taste of what's going to happen, which if you know about Marvel vs. Capcom, you kind of have a sense of it. But right. they into some stuff. Um, also, there was a trailer that came out that um, showed some new characters. Um, actually, and also if you play the demo, you can also see a glimpse of these new characters because they're... Um, bunch of people show up in said demo uh star mode demo for as short as it is um also this was pretty much the best news of that night or at least one of them uh from the sunday press conference there was some gameplay shown of spider-man from the spider-man game for the ps4 that is coming out um and to be specific it's about like a good nine minutes of hmm. so we did see a good bit of you know spidey doing uh whatever spidey can it Kind of looks like um, Batman Arkham Asylum. That's not right. a bad thing. Look, I was about to say. Or actually, I shouldn't say that. I should actually shouldn't say that because that this has been said before, and that that needs to be corrected. Because actually, the last couple of Spider Men before Arkham Asylum came out had combat like that before Arkham Asylum. Right. So, it's more what it is. It's a more refined system. That's all. You yeah. know, they've they've all kind of uh, piggybacked on this, you know, stealthy targeting system and and multiple targets at once to try to do uh, melee attacks. So, right. um, and it makes sense for Spider Man because he's he because at least he has that sense of you know when when uh, an attack is coming he can move out of the way and you know sense it and you know be able to do all of that as a la Batman or whatever. But because he's got Spidey sense, regardless. Right. And an interesting uh, tidbit coming out of this was that the yes. story is about um, this game incorporating some of the more recent uh, canon from the Amazing Spider-Man series um, mm-hmm. because the game incorporates Mr. Negative into the story, and that's pretty cool. Martin Lee, um, who uh, was running um, a, a, a charity in New York City that turned out to be a front for underworld activities. Uh, if you watch the gameplay for the day, they actually even talk about all of that. Right, it's part of this game now, and that's pretty cool. Mm-hmm. Oh, not only that, but if you watch the gameplay, yeah, so that is in there. We have uh, Yukio Watanabe, a.k.a. The Wraith. More recent stuff, yep. Mm-hmm. And my favorite part of this, which I don't know what part he's going to play in it, but at the very end of that, because we already, we already know who's going to, who, which Spider-Man is going to be, it's Peter, because they even, in the course of the, the gameplay, yeah. He calls his own name out, so there you go. But at the end of the gameplay, we see one Miles Morales in the crowd um, at the end of the at the end of the gameplay. So 
we don't know in what capacity he is going to be in the game. He could right. very well be DLC, you know, or he could be another part of the story. I don't know. Right. And um, leading into the next story on this, or actually, no, um, kind of playing into the previous story on this and mm-hmm. kind of glossed past it, is that uh, when you mentioned DLC, uh, one of the things that was striking to the people, you know, to, you know uh, about, the, uh, about the first news uh, and images from this game is that the costume has a pretty drastic difference to the, the classic red and blues. And um, one thing about that is, uh, I guess people, and I think, their hopes will be answered that DLC will provide skins for Spider-Man so that you will have the particular costume that you want to be swinging around the city and available to download and uh, implement. So yeah. hopefully you'll have Miles's uh, costume and hopefully Miles is going to be a, a playable character. You know, like we'll have some sort of storyline in this too, but we will see. Yeah, we definitely will. And yeah, and there's that other story about the, the, the new emblem has a purpose apparently. And I'm thinking, okay, it's just basically a big spider symbol. Like, I don't know that for certain, but I'm like, that could only I can't possibly imagine what other use that would be, but um, there is actually one other thing to note about watching the gameplay. There is some movie type uh, beats that are kind of going into it, more specifically with the spider tech, because if because you you see like if you've watched like the previous trailer for Spider Man Homecoming, there was some some of the tech that's been shown off, and there's a little bit of it that's actually been shown off in this game also, like directly. So I was like, that's interesting. So they're kind of playing. Delving into, yeah. Yeah, they're playing a little bit in the comic game, a little bit of the cinematic, and that. All right. So right along. That was the um, that was the video game block for uh, this portion of the show. And the next up is James Galton, former Marvel Entertainment president, dies at ninety-two. All right, rest in peace. He looks like he had uh, sixteen years at Marvel between seventy-five and ninety-one. Mm-hmm. Right before the uh, speculator craze. Suspicious. Yeah. All right. Um, so we talked about this a little bit earlier. More shocking secrets in Secret Empire. Um, Transformers, Mask, and ROM titles for IDW Hasbro's first strike crossover. Um, the regular show gets raw and Wrestler's Explosion. So that's some wrestling stuff for you. 2017, Russ Manning promises newcomer award promising newcomer award nominees. Uh, so I guess that is an award that is going to be given out at Comic-Con San Diego. Yeah, I've never heard of this one. And it might be these people, but yeah. All moving on. Oh, actually, I'll take it back. Rafael De La Torre is doing animosity. I haven't heard of that one. Okay. Uh, moving on. Uh, Star Wars Adventures, first storylines, creative teams revealed. So this is the IDW Star Wars um, yes. Adventures. It's an all-ages ongoing series. So... Um, uh, I guess that is going to launch when? Do we have a date in here? Uh, September 6th. September 6th. Star Wars Adventures number one. Scheduled for release on September 6th. So be on the lookout for that once the summer ends. Oh, yeah, so it looks like it's bi-weekly then. Right, because number two is shipped two weeks later. Right, and it sounds like the first also finds out the the first couple of issues are going to be Ray-focused. So look out for that. Um, Greg Pock promises his Hulk's themed generations one shot will matter. I hope it matters. Oh. You know, you know, that's the hope. Uh, DC Comics Bombshells returns with a new series and bombshell in Bombshells United. So I know that there are people who are fair, who are fans of uh, those uh, I guess alternate takes on DC characters. Yeah. So a little bit of it's all right. Yeah. Um, um, boo hiss. Boo hiss. 
Yeah, this next one, which we already knew about it, but this right. is weird that it came that there was news about this, and that is Black Panther World of Wakanda writer confirms series is canceled, which I thought we already had confirmation out I of think, that. But I was gonna say I don't know if we had a confirmation or that it had just disappeared from solicits for a number of months. I, in a row. I think we had both actually. So I don't, you know, when I saw this in, in the in the news list, I, I I wasn't sure if I remember hearing uh, confirmation of it. So right, that's why I just put confirmation of confirmation in question mark because I was like, I felt I was kind of the same as you, but I felt kind of certain that we had that confirmation. But regardless, it is still a sad thing, and don't get me started. Marvel's newest universe declares war on Ewing's uh, Ultimates. This was basically an interview with uh, Al Ewing about uh, what he's doing in, in Ultimates 2 and using the U- new universe characters and what he's going to put people through. So, well, it's nice I'm incorporating, you know, all these characters from across the universe. No pun intended, definitely a Beatles reference. Um, so, uh, next up, Big Trouble in Little China's Loudmouth Hero makes one last stand in new comic series, Old Man Jack. All right. Hmm. So, you wonder where they got that name from. Yeah. Hmm. And, but, yeah uh, it's being written by Anthony Birch, who has written video games such as Borderlands 2, and, and uh, it's, I think it's a one-shot, if I'm not mistaken. So, All right. Sure. Um, Boom Studios sells a minority stake to Fox after uh, uh, recently. So yeah. I guess uh, 20th Century Fox has acquired what has been described as a significant minority stake in Boom Studios, where the company has had already had a first-look feature film deal and a similar deal with Fox Television Studio. So we talked about this prior to the show. Was that? I said previously. Right, yeah. right, right. And basically, it was like, okay, so as, as Dirt said, I don't know if he, if he wanted to chime in on it, but um, he was basically saying, it was like, yeah, it's enough to want to see them prosper, but not enough to kind of, you know, uh, yeah, I was just thinking, for what it sounds like, the significant minority share means that it's not enough um, that they have any sort of control mm-hmm. over the studio saying you have to publish this or you can't publish that or, you know, whatever. Um, but it's enough of a stake that they want the company to financially succeed because they're going to get profits off of that. So sure. with their first look deal that they already have, apparently there's something in the pipes or something um, that they have their eye on that they think is going to be immensely profitable, um, that they think there's going to be some sort of synergy between them developing a property for, uh, television or movies and the comics. So it looks like they're, they've seen enough now that they're buying a stake back in the company so that they can make sure that whatever they develop as a property for TV or movies, they're going to get profits back on the publishing end as well. Yeah. And uh, as I also said, this seems like just like the opening stuff. So then just coming and take it all over just in, in general at some point, once they see that there's going to be something out of it, but we don't know. It, it might not be that at all. So. Good luck to Boom, I guess. I don't know. Uh, last in our stories for tonight, Marvel's Generation series starts at the vanishing point. So, yeah, there, yeah. there was a DC series several years ago called Vanishing Point. Mm-hmm. I mean, that was where Wave Rider and uh, Rip Hunter and the Time Masters were all hanging out. It seems really weird that, uh, and maybe that term comes from somewhere else. Maybe that's a scientific term or something, but it just seems weird that Marvel's gravitating towards that. Yeah. But we also get a look at um, the covers, what looks to be the covers for this generation stuff and some good looking stuff as I'm scrolling through it and not sharing it. But 
Oh, this is how they all come together with their previous uh, incarnations and counterparts. And so, mm-hmm. you know, that's the, uh, you know, that's the, uh, the, 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 you know, the, the start of that particular story point. So, yeah. Alrighty. So we've come to uh, the end of our comic related news. Uh, does anyone have anything else to add before I read our last ad read of the night? Um, Something for well, toy- was- anybody open boxes. Um, I guess I could talk about this Heroes Con stuff real quick, but I was going to save that for after the ad. All right, well, um, so I'm at Con here in Charlotte. I'm going to get this out of the way. I'm here at HeroesCon. I'll be here all weekend. If you see me, say hey. I don't hey. bite unless you're mean. Um, or I look like I'm a deer in headlights. But regardless, that's just me running around. So there's this print that you get when you get your ticket. Um, you also get an armband, which I didn't get one this time, but I don't need it this time for, for reasons. And you also get a program guide, which is of right here of the same print and you know of course all the artists and creators are going to be here and um panel guide and all that kind of good stuff is in here so that's pretty much all i got and i actually brought books to sign this year so yay nice mm-hmm. all righty so um just real quick on my end uh if you follow uh at inja underscore 70 on instagram and twitter You'll see some of the finds that I've picked up in the last week. Uh, I did pick up the uh, Toys R Us exclusive Spider-Man and Mary Jane Marvel Legends. There they are. They are pretty hard to find, as uh, one uh, William Bruce West can attest to. Um, I'm very sorry about how uh, apparently uh, I've been kind of beating him to the punch on a couple of these exclusives, so I hope that he's able to track them down. I also picked up uh, an older figure um, for a good price, uh, it is the Superior Spider-Man Marvel Legends from a, from a number of waves ago of Spider-Man. And I know that uh, PCN underscore Dirt is appreciative of the fact that I have now obtained um, one Otto Octavius uh, <laughs> playing as Peter Parker as he is uh, showing us his thumbs up on the screen for the viewers of the video podcast on YouTube. Wait, is he? Yes, he is. <laughs> okay, I'll take your word for it because that's not what I see. <laughs> but... um. That is which, which, oh, no, no, <laughs> there he goes. Which also means that you have now all of the spiders. Um, almost, Correct. almost. Um, I'd lack the original Spider-Man 2099, and he is running for a pretty okay. penny. So, which is mm-hmm. very, very, very disappointing. Did so, they make a spider ham? No, they have not yet. Oh, see. They have not yet, but it may be one of those things where they do like a, a a baby group. But um, you know, but they also rearticulated the um, they they put in new articulation for uh, the Rocket Raccoon for the current wave of Guardians of the Galaxy, the uh, the what you call it the um, the Mantis wave, the build a figure. So I, that that should be on its way. I, I I definitely put in an order for that. So because the first uh, Rocket Raccoon did not have uh, much articulation at all from the first Guardians of the Galaxy uh, uh, wave. So AKA we're going to get more of your money for getting the same. Um... Yeah, with, the same with only, like, exactly. With only a little bit more of a, a, a different paint job. So, alrighty. So hey, maybe Spider Ham will be a, a builder figure. <laughs> well, I always hope for the more substantial looking builder figure. So hopefully we'll get something. Uh, you know, one of the bigger uh, uh, villains or, or whatnot for uh, the next fighty uh, wave. But uh, in any event, I guess I can get to the last um, ad read for the night before we close the show. So uh, yeah. let me tell you about Skull Candy. 
Skullcandy makes the best headphones, earbuds, and gaming headsets, all with lifetime warranties. Skullcandy produces many types of audio accessories, including headphones, sports earbuds, Xbox and PlayStation gaming headsets, DJ headphones, and iPod and MP3 headphones. And now for the listeners of the Click Nation's Comic Book Chronicles, Skullcandy offers free standard shipping on your order. To help keep our podcast free, order from Skullcandy by going to cspn.us. That's cspn.us. Then click on the Keep Our Podcast Free link. Click on the Skullcandy banner and then shop for high-quality audio accessories with free standard shipping. Skullcandy Audio through cspn.us. Do it today. All righty, and take us home. Who? <laughs> oh, I have to do this now? Ha, 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 You finished. Okay. Uh, let me, where's my thing? There's the, there's the camera. Hey, guys. All right, well, thanks for watching the show with us tonight. <laughs> Don't forget to go to theclicknation.com to check out past episodes. You can also find us, of course, on all of social media, media and media. <laughs> yes. Um, and also you can find us uh, cspn.us. Uh, you can find us in places like uh, TuneIn Radio, SoundCloud, iTunes, all those great places where you can find audio copies of the past episodes. Or you can go to The Click Nation on YouTube, and you can find uh, back issues of our video show. Isn't that great? So uh, don't forget to check out my website, popculturenetwork.com. Also, don't forget to go to comicofthemonth.club and use the referral code DIRT. Sign up for your monthly box of comics. I just got notification today that mine was shipped out uh, for June. So I'll be getting that uh, probably in the next few days, which, of course, kind of sucks because I am actually going out of town on vacation, which, by the way, guys, I won't be on the show next week. Uh, oh, we're hearing this at the that. same time as everybody else. Uh, but we're going to Great Wolf Lodge, so we're going to be uh, mm-hmm. doing in- indoor water park and uh, magic quest stuff. So anyway, all right, more uh, commercial on there. So, so I'll be there next week. Uh, so look for the comic of the month box. I'll be opening that in two weeks. Then, uh, hopefully, I don't get antsy and rip it open before that. Uh, but we also have Agent Underscore Seventy. You can find him on Twitter and Instagram. Yep. And don't forget at Roddy Cat at News Nerds Need, and he's at Heroes Con. So make sure you take a look for him. I will be there. Indeed, I will be taking pictures and probably Snapchatting and maybe Twittering stuff and other things. Who knows? What kind of pictures? Nice. Are you going to be taking boudoir photos while you're there? Is that the type of pictures you're taking? I mean, if somebody backs my Patreon, I might. You know. <laughs> All right, guys, that's going to do it for us. Thanks for watching, and we'll see you next time. Peace! Peace!